Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, April 17th. Be restful in your heart. A quiet spirit will help you instantly to resolve problems that might otherwise require days, weeks, or even months of fretful pondering, and even then you wouldn't be certain of the rightness of your decision. It's a very interesting statement. Be restful in your heart. Well, All the confusion that arises in our minds actually originates in the heart. In yoga, we talk about the heart as the center of feeling, but what the heart, I mean, everyone talks about the heart as the center of feeling. We don't have to go to yoga. We can just go to Valentine's Day to find that. But it's actually the other way around. It's that everyone knows that feeling centers in the heart. They're even finding it physiologically, how much of of the how much similarities there is between the brain and the heart. And in the principles of yoga, there's a deep understanding about the influence that the heart has over our thinking power. Yogananda put it in in very simple words, reason always follows feeling, is how he put it. Which is, if we are prejudiced in our feelings, and I was talking about this just a couple of days ago in these readings, If we're prejudiced in our feelings, our mind will always find a way to support that. And, you know, if we're sad, if we're depressed, we think of a thousand reasons why we should be depressed. And then if we suddenly, our heart, the the spirit of the heart is lifted, exactly the same circumstances all look different to us, and we have a thousand reasons why everything is just going to be okay. If, If you pay honest attention to yourself with careful introspection, you'll be well, I want to use the word appalled, to see how just steadily the thoughts in your mind just follow right along with the feelings of your heart. So if we have a difficult decision to make and the heart's feelings are agitated, and what agitates the heart is, in in yoga, again, the simple phrase we use is likes and dislikes. The likes and dislikes of the heart. Now, I mean, that's simple things like, I think this person is attractive and I don't like that one. I'm in love with this one and I think that one is icky and I want them to go away. I like this city and I don't like that city. I like living at the beach. I don't like to be at the desert. You know, I like sleeping late. I don't like having to get up early. I like to be admired. I don't like to be neglected. You know, I like to be thought intelligent. I don't like to be insulted and thought stupid. Just the the the... Life is, for most people, an endless series of yeses and nos, an endless series of preferences. And in, in the practice of yoga, um, the, 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 the definition of yoga itself, the word yoga means union. Union means the union of all the opposites within us, all the likes and dislikes, all the hates and the loves, all the yeses and the nos. It's the neutralization of all these vortices of feeling in the heart. All the vrittis of chitta is what it's called. But it, it's, the, it's the vortices of feeling in the heart 
that make one thing desirable and the other thing undesirable. Now, you might say that it's self-evident that one thing is desirable and another is not. But this, that is the world of duality, which is the material world that we live in. This gets us way into the Vedanta, the teachings of how the world was made and why. Everything in creation is a manifestation of spirit, spirit satchit ananda, which is a, a, a Sanskrit word which can be translated into English as God. English is very deficit in spiritual words. We say God, and we don't really have a synonym for God. If you're, uh, if you're Jewish, I mean, if you're a Christian, you can say Jesus, you can say Adonai, you can use other words, but none of them have a specific meaning. They only gain meaning if you have a theology that matches it. They're, they're not experiential, they're the, theological or vague. In Sanskrit, there's actually hundreds of words. I say hundreds, I'm sure it's hundreds. I, I ask, is that hyperbole? There's many, many words, all of which in English can be translated into the word God. So you can see how one is very precise and one is very general. And many of them are experiences. The word ananda, which is the, uh, the spiritual family to which I belong, the spiritual community, ananda means, sometimes we say joy, but on a more refined level we mean bliss. But when we say joy, it's not the joy of, oh, I got a new Tesla, I have a Tesla, I feel so joyous. You would not say, I'm experiencing ananda because I have a Tesla. Because ananda is um, a joy is, is joy without an opposite. Oh, I got a new Tesla. Oh, I lost my job and my Tesla was repossessed. You know, I can't. The Tesla is not my inherent nature. The Tesla is something outside of me that I have allowed to condition my happiness, either by giving me happiness or if it's smashed up and ruined and it turns out I didn't have insurance, to destroy my happiness because it's outside of me, it's not inherent. Ananda is our inherent um, state of joy, which we rarely experience because we have conditioned our joy by so many external events. So we don't, the Tesla is not God, <laughs> nor is the joy we feel in having the Tesla because it's something outside of ourself. Ananda is God, because I am a manifestation of the infinite, I am a child of God, I am, I am a, a, a true expression of that. And so when I go beyond all the conditioned dualities of this world, what I discover in myself is pure ananda. The word sat-chit ananda means ever-existing, which is to say eternal, outside of all time and space, eternal, um, ever-existing, ever-conscious. I am always aware. People fear that in death you go into oblivion, but you don't. We remain. We are always conscious. The body dies, but consciousness does not cease. Ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. And that's the word for God. Because that's what it is. But you see, that's an experience. That's not a theology. It's not a belief. That is something that we can experience. So the whole science of yoga, the whole teaching of Sanatana Dharma, even though certain principles can be described, 
But all of those principles are based on the practices that are also part of Sanatana Dharma that will allow you to have the direct revelation, the direct experience. Well, the direct realization. That's why we call it self-realization. I realize what my true self is. Ananda, I said, is a word. Prem is love. Shanti is peace. In the Bible, Jesus refers to the peace that passeth all understanding. So again, he's not talking about the peace when the day's over and the kids are finally in bed and you can just put your feet up and read the newspaper. That's a peaceful feeling, but that's not shanti. Shanti is this overwhelming realization that all activity and all restlessness ends in a state of ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss, of which peace is an aspect. It's part of what makes it so blissful, is that state of perfect peace. So we are always a little confused when the heart is, is trying to run back and forth between what, <clears throat> what it wants to have and what it fears may happen. And even when you get what you want, because it's external to you, there's always this realization that it could be taken away. When you experience ananda, when you experience prem, when you experience shanti, part of the revelation is that nothing could ever take this away from me. I could be put in the most difficult circumstances in the world, which people are often put in, and I would still have at least the potential to find this within me. Now, the most difficult circumstances in the world tend to agitate the heart. because and It agitates the heart in exactly the degree to which we have trained ourselves to be either trained ourselves by habitual action to be intensely um, uh, vulnerable to the likes and dislikes of the heart or whether we have trained ourselves in the midst of all the ups and downs of life to remain in that calm center of ananda, that calm center of prem. This is what the practice of yoga is about. And this is why people tell remarkable stories about being in the worst possible circumstances and suddenly being shifted into the most glorious states of consciousness that they have ever known. I remember reading a story about a man who was a a prisoner of war and was subject to terrible torture. And, And he was, a, he was a, a devoted to Jesus, but he was finding for a time his faith wasn't enough. But he, he basically reached what he called himself, the breaking point, inwardly. And in that moment, he surrendered to Christ in a way that he had never been able to do before. And in that minute came into him such a state of bliss that everything that was going on in his circumstances just didn't, couldn't touch it. It transcended everything. And interestingly, in that moment, the one who was torturing him, literally, just looked at him, released him, and no one ever touched him again during his captivity. It was the purpose of that whole experience. And after that, his life was completely changed because he had been put in the worst possible circumstances and he had discovered, well, what he had discovered was God within him. And then after that, nothing could take it. Now, 
We're not talking about being tortured. We're not talking about being prisoners of war. We're talking about being restful in the heart. Because if the heart is agitated and wants this and is afraid of that, and is just filled with all these fears, then the mind will constantly be agitated. So when we have a difficult decision to make, we think we have to think it through in all these ways, but the first thing we have to do is calm the heart. Even when we're praying to God for answers, the first thing we have to do is calm the heart. And we can't just suddenly, when a crisis is upon us, try to calm the heart when we've never put any effort out to do it before. It's very helpful to practice when it's easier so that it will be in place when you really need it. Mm-hmm. And again, this is what the, what all the practice of yoga, this is the whole science of Kriya Yoga, this is the art of self-realization, the path of self-realization, is to draw ourselves in from this constant, restless, exterior world filled with likes and dislikes and to come deeper and deeper to our point of origin, which is the center of ourselves, the center of the body, which is where the spine runs, calming the heart as a, as a deliberate practice. That doesn't mean we don't participate. That doesn't mean we become passive. I mean, sometimes people think that if we're not filled with likes and dislikes, we become apathetic. Far from it. We just calmly move through life without being driven by our desires and our fears. We may still see that this, is the, this would be the more helpful outcome, you know, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This would serve the most people. This would be the most beneficial. It's not that we don't have goals and that we don't work hard to achieve those goals, but we're not afraid anymore. We do what we do because we feel it's the right thing to do, but we do it in an awareness of this greater reality and in relationship to the divine reality within us. Then we rest in the heart. Because if God sends it to me, I trust that it will be the best thing for me. If God inspires me to try to bring about a certain outcome, I will absolutely do my best. In the Bhagavad Gita, they call this nishkam karma, that I will do my best to accomplish what I feel inspired to do, but I will leave the result in God's hands. And really nothing less gives us the power to rest in the heart. And it's a practice worth cultivating. So Swami says, Be restful in your heart. A quiet spirit will help you instantly to resolve problems that might otherwise require days, weeks, or even months of fretful pondering. And even then you wouldn't be certain of the rightness of your decision. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.